Hello, everybody. My name is Pablo Tovar, and I am a senior at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. I am currently working on my music capstone project, and I am creating a podcast that is for musicians. And my podcast title is 3D Wellness for Musicians, where I will focus on um, incorporating any information and mental health health tips for musicians. Um, it'll focus on three out of eight dimensions of wellness, which are emotional, physical, and spiritual wellness. And today my guest is Marissa Mathaya, who is an undergraduate piano performance major. And do you want to tell us a bit more about yourself? Uh, what do you do outside of uh, the School of Music? Yeah, I um, actually teach at a small music studio. It's called Crash Bang Boom. Um, and I have about 15 students right now. Um, and then what do I like to do outside of the School of Music? Um, I like to pet my cat. I also have some plants that I've been getting into, so that's nice. kind of fun too. Nice. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. All right. And are you enjoying your time here at UNL? You're, this is what, your third year? Mm -hmm. Okay. And are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, I've been absolutely loving it. Um, I think the opportunities I've had here yeah. are amazing. And then the support of my friends and then the professors too yeah. is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what got you into piano performance? Um, or how long have you been playing uh, the piano for? I think it's like 17 years. Wow. Um, I started when I was three and a half. Mm -hmm. My mom started teaching me actually. Um, and I, I think I started playing because my brother was playing and he's about two years older than me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom started teaching me. And um, then around eight, I went to a different um, outside teacher and um, he was amazing and then I guess it was probably in high school that I really decided I wanted to do it even though I had been playing and competing mm -hmm. I think it was high school that I was like okay this is what I want to do this is it this is a moment gotcha that's really good that's really that's really fascinating um and so being an undergraduate student there's a lot of things that have to occur such as like practicing for hours and keeping up with their music theory, history, everything with all four classes and gen eds. Um, what is one way that you like, what is one thing you do that kind of helps you like cope with any stress or stuff like that? Um, I think it's really about finding little moments in your day just to breathe a little bit extra, like breathe a little deeper, um, just pause and feel like, feel grounded for a moment. Yeah. Um, and that's something I've been working on. That's not something that I'm necessarily good at doing, but yeah. um, it's something that I'm trying to work on and grow. Yeah, yeah, and we can all kind of just find some, some time for ourselves. And mm -hmm. so, sometimes it's hard to find some time for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but I imagine having, like you said, a cat might help with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just hours of and hours of petting your cat rather than you know anything else. Um, but it's nice to have some pets. Mm -hmm. But um, so, is there something? Is are there things that you? So that's something you would do at home, mm -hmm. which is like just petting your cat, stuff like that. Is there something that you do when maybe you get a little anxious when you're at school or just not at home? Like, is there some like like a coping mechanism that you use? Or stuff like that. For me personally, I <laughs> when I hyperventilate, or I'm just, or not hyperventilate, when I get super anxious, I kind of just pat myself, and I'm just like, kind of like here, doing mm -hmm. this for a while, 
and take some deep breaths. Yeah. But that's because I can't be at home just on my way to blanket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so is there something that you do um, when yes. you're just not at home? Mm -hmm. um, and this is more something I've learned recently, but um, I do usually if I'm like in public, you can't do too much stuff, but mm -hmm. like I'll do, I'll, I'll do some deep breathing, but with counts. So I breathe in for four, I hold for four, and then breathe out for eight. Yeah. So the exhale is longer than the inhale. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think, has really helped, um, especially when like my heart rate is really mm -hmm. fast because I'm yep. anxious. That tends to help. And then if I'm in like a practice room or can like go somewhere, mm -hmm. sometimes when I put my feet up the wall yeah. and then breathe, yeah. that's really relaxing. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I can imagine just like hours on end, just in a practice room trying to get everything worked mm -hmm. out and memorized and stuff like that. So I can just imagine like how that all that's going. Mm -hmm. um, and then you just had your junior recital for your yeah. piano. <laughs> yeah, your junior pi uh, piano recital. That's amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Um, what was what was the most stressful thing that you think was just there for you? Like what, what what's one thing that kind of just like stuck to you that you were just like, anxious about or was there one to begin with yes um i think my biggest struggle leading up to the recital was um knowing that i have been dealing with a lot of anxiety and not being sure where my mental headspace would be mm -hmm. um because i i felt prepared with the music but mentally i didn't feel super confident like the whole time leading up to the recital so it like came and went like some days I'd be like, okay, this is so exciting. I'm yeah. ready to do this. Yeah. But then the next I was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really stressed like about what, this. Yeah. Like how is that all going to turn out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what what were some things that you did to, were, did you see the same as like petting your cat and just kind of doing those uh, little like exercises in the, the practice room? So, um, I think that's kind of what I did uh, like two or three weeks before, mm -hmm. but this week I really, I made it an effort to um, actually make time for myself because yeah. the last couple of weeks had been so crazy. Um, just like my days were from start to finish really, really packed. And so this week I was like, okay, you have to not do that this yeah. week. You have to make sure that you get um, like eight hours of sleep every night. Mm -hmm. Don't drink too much caffeine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, I made that's a struggle on for Monday, me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a struggle for me. Sometimes I don't even realize how much caffeine I have. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I, at the end of the day, I'll be like, oh, I took, I drank this coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. I might have had this energy drink during the day. I had my pre-workout, which has a lot of caffeine. Right? <laughs> and then I realize that when I can't go to sleep, or when I'm just like super jittery mm -hmm. for no reason. Um, but yeah, I don't realize my caffeine intake until way later, until right. it's too late. So yeah, that's something to really take care of. <laughs> yeah, um, and so I actually got a haircut, oh, yeah. which is something that I hadn't done for like <laughs> months. <laughs> I was like, it's time. Yeah. And something as simple as like a haircut can just make you feel like way better about yourself. Right, and actually the hard part was making the appointment or like finding time in the day that I wasn't busy to go yeah. make that appointment. Yeah. Like, did, like, should I sacrifice some practice time or should I go do this? Right. Stuff like that, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think sometimes it's like, it's okay to give yourself like an hour or two just for yourself, kind of just break away from what you're doing um, because it just gets so stressful. Yes. And being a college student, like, do, like just worrying about your recital is one thing mm -hmm. and then just everything else is just 
Right. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of time consuming things. Um, and then how did you mentally prepare yourself the day of your recital? Like, were you like panicking in a room or were you just like walking around, taking some deep breaths or like, how was that? Like, let's say like an hour before your recital. An hour before my recital. Um, well, so I was, I mean, I had to set up a piano. I had to get everything ready. I think one of the things that I found that I really like to do before I perform is sing. Yeah. Yeah, so I find some of my favorite songs that I've been listening to and I sing. And you just jam out. Right. Um, because that forces you to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also takes your mind off of um, the music that you're about to play, but yeah. it's still like something creative. You're still like um, thinking about emotions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been something that I've really enjoyed doing as like a pre-performance yeah. um, routine. Just singing your heart out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. Like I do that every time going anywhere. Mm -hmm. If I go to work, I like to just crank up the volume for my car and right. just listen to whatever um, just before I have to like mentally prepare for a, a shift in like anything. So going from being like a, a guest advocate to mm -hmm. being a musician to anything else. Um, so I think it's really important and I do like that. Yeah, I do that all the time. So, yeah. but yeah, jamming out to music and then like during your performance, like how was that? Did you just mentally just narrow everything or was it like, what were your thoughts like during your performance? So, um, for my Bach, which is what I started with, Yeah. <laughs> great choice to start with Bach, but, <laughs> um, that one I was nervous for, mm -hmm. um, just because Bach is so, so easy to get tripped up. Mm -hmm. um, and so once I got past my Bach, I was like, okay, I'm having fun now. Yeah. Like, and I really, I felt like I um, found my flow, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Um, so it was until after kind of playing a bit right. that you were able to kind of just feel more confident and like, all right, I got this. Okay. Right. And even though the block went fine, like it went well, yeah. um, I didn't feel as confident until after it. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, it was kind of like, oh, I can really listen to what's happening here. Because mm -hmm. you're in this huge hall with this big Steinway <laughs> and like the acoustics are just amazing. Yeah. And so at that point, like the most fun it's just listening to how everything is ringing in the hall. It's just flying, yeah. 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 And do you think because of this pandemic, and I'm sure there was, you said there was ten people that were allowed in your, in your concert. They actually bumped it up to twenty five, like okay. the Friday before. Really. So That's I had right. about um, maybe fifteen to seventeen people come. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do you think if, um, do you think that was a good amount of people for you, or do you think like if we didn't have the pandemic, like, we'd have more of an audience. Um, I like, think, were you able to invite everybody that you that you really wanted there? Yeah, I think with 25 people I was. Okay. Um, I know at my, like, high school senior recital, uh -huh. I had maybe about 30. Um, but I think because of the pandemic, it was also a little strange getting back into performing. Yeah. Because I don't think I've performed, like, solo, live, yeah. for probably, like, a year. Now, now, nowadays, when I hear performances, I'm just like, how's that going to work? Right. Like, how, how, <laughs> like, I know it can happen, but it, it's just really strange, especially right now. Yeah. 
Um, but it's one of the good things that we can still perform. So yeah, I yeah, know it's really nice to hear yours. And you said yours was uploaded to YouTube mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's something to really like listen for. So, um, and so you're also, apart from being the musician that you are, you're also part of the CMTA. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what does that stand for? And what, like, I, I kind of heard a little bit of it, but what is, do you want to speak more on that? Sure. Um, theories, yeah. I guess I'm lucky enough to be the president of our um, UNM's chapter of the Collegiate Music Teachers Association. Um, so what we do is we kind of, um, we've been presenting a lot. Like yeah. we've done online presentations at different conferences. We just, I guess we just submitted our presentation for the National MTNA conference, um, which is really exciting for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, and we, I guess do research projects. And did you guys travel last year? Is that what I said? Yes, okay. we went to, um, it was the January, was it? it must have been right at 2020. Okay. Yeah, because it was like around the 10th or something. Yeah. Um, and we went to Lindsay, Indiana for okay. a collegiate piano pedagogy symposium. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And so what does the CMTA kind of focus on? like? What's one of the projects that you've been really focusing on right now? So I think our big biggest project has been um, focused on mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and from the perspective of teachers' mental health, mm -hmm. but as well as what can we do as teachers to help our students' mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and I have loved learning about that. And it's actually taught me so much about things I can do for myself, yeah. which is where I got the breathing exercise. Because yeah. we had um, a professor come in She's a psychology professor, and she came and she talked to us about um, different things we could do, different things to watch for with our students, mm -hmm. um, and so that's where I picked that one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is super cool. Yeah, and like one of the things that I think people forget is that like, apart from being like an educator and teaching music, you also have to teach um, like different life perspectives to mm -hmm. students. Not really. Um, just music all the time. Right. And so it's really important to kind of focus on those students' mental health as well, mm -hmm. which I think uh, professors here at UNO do really well. And I've, like, I've had the pleasure of talking with a lot of professors about different scenarios and different mm -hmm. situations. And it's all been, um, obviously things can't be you know perfect and right. just resolved instantly, but there was a lot of effort put into a lot of the things. Mm -hmm. So again, as an educator, like, it's really important to also focus on those things. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's a really good good thing that you like the project that you guys were focusing on, mm -hmm. and that's really important. So, um, so what were like? Is there any other projects that you are working on right now, or like, is that like still one of the big ones that you're focusing on? So. We've been exploring a couple different options for new projects, but we haven't really set anything in stone yet. Gotcha. Um, so that's been one of our biggest projects. Um, and then I feel like we had one before that, but I can't quite remember. Mm -hmm. We've done some. We did, we've done a fundraising concert as well, but I think the mental health has been the biggest one. And because we took two different perspectives on it, that was kind of two different projects of research. The student and the teacher mm -hmm. perspective, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think together it's it's been um, just a really big learning experience because 
as teachers to be able to teach really well, mm -hmm. you have to first take care of your own mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a really big one because at that time, I was realizing that I had anxiety, yeah. like an issue with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so it was just kind of eye-opening, like many people deal with this. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not alone in this struggle. Um, and I think one of the like things at the beginning or before you even start realizing more about yourself is that like there's way more other people that are also struggling and like you're not alone. Right. So even if um, the other person is, you know, kind of going through it, you can also be their friend mm -hmm. and kind of be there for them and kind of help each other, like cope with both of your anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, that's that's one that's one of the big realizations and like one of the main things for emotional wellness is that it's kind of being able to take your um, what you're going through and then kind of changing it and kind of just flipping it to like a better perspective. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to go through it. I, I kind of, I believe in the whole, um, I believe in you, it gets worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. And so um, you kind of have to go through it sometimes to then just flip it and then it's a whole new perspective. Mm -hmm. And you look at certain people, certain things that you do every day like differently. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So it's nice that you, you know, you realize that, I mean, you realize that you had anxiety, but yeah. also you realize that like, you know, there's more, there's more people that right. are at the same boat and we're all here to kind of help each other. Yeah. It's yeah. really a learning experience because once you kind of open up like and really take a look at yourself, then you're able to be a better friend to people. Mm -hmm. You're able to be a better teacher. Exactly. Um, and a better student because mm -hmm. then you're able to communicate those things with your yeah. Um, so I, I had to like talk to my professors about that a little bit. Like sometimes I struggle with anxiety in my lessons, mm -hmm. and uh, that's what's happening. It's not um, that I'm just getting frustrated or that I'm not trying. Sometimes it really is like I'm having a high anxiety day, mm -hmm. and it's just really hard to um, play this for you right now. And have you ever had those? Well, have you ever had days where um, you're in both of those positions where? You'll be in a lesson and you're the student, mm -hmm. and then you'll also have a student, and then you're the teacher at that moment in the same day that like you might have like high anxiety. Absolutely. Have you ever been in one of like had one of those days? Yeah. And how is that for you? Because you're going through both perspectives, and you kind of have to kind of maintain and like right. you know be able to be successful in in both, like both being taught and teaching. Yes. Um. So I think it's definitely harder to be the student <laughs> <laughs> because. I think when I go and I teach, I love it, mm -hmm. um, and it's very enjoyable, and I love being able to help my students with that too, because I know some of them, I've seen some of them struggle with anxiety, or some of them just have really bad days, and um, it's easier for me to be there for somebody mm -hmm. than it is to sometimes take care of myself, yeah. um, and that's something I'm definitely working on. So. Yeah. Yeah, but be, yeah, having both of those, like it's, it, I, I assume it's just not easy. Right. To, you yeah, know, you have to really to take criticism, to give criticism, mm -hmm. make sure that you don't overstep anything. With like, just because I'm super anxious today doesn't mean I should let it out on my poor student. Right. <laughs> um, someone who like you know might not have any recognition of whatever is going on, or like don't even know what anxiety or mental health really is. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a it's a really uh, tricky thing to yeah. do. Yeah, and that's kind of where, um, as a teacher, you kind of have to put up some 
I guess they're personal boundaries, but just like knowing that you have to put aside your own issues or problems while you're teaching mm-hmm. um, because you're trying to create a safe space for your student mm-hmm. so they can feel like they can learn their best mm-hmm. and um, and they can express any anything they need to express. Yeah. And is there any like self growth or like do you read any anything like any books? Do you read anything on self growth or at all? Um, I haven't so much. I'm not a huge reader. Yeah, well, yeah, neither am I. I mean, I I tend to read a few things mm-hmm. and I tend to from here and there kind of get into like certain books, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't really pick up a book just for fun mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the time, but. I think the biggest thing I've done for is go to therapy. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good thing, yeah. I started it, therapy, I think, it was last semester, and it's it's been really great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's great, actually. And is there a role model that you that you have that kind of, you know, you you take um, you take in any advice or anything like that from? Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there is there a role model that you, you have right now? Yeah. I think, um, actually, Dr. Garcia has been a pretty good role model for me um, because I, I've been able to open up to him about uh, my anxiety, mm-hmm. and he's been really such a good listener. Yeah. And he gives such good advice um, that I always have been like, okay, I think he understands, and I think, and he definitely has given me so much grace. Mm-hmm. Grace. <laughs> yeah. yeah through the, through this whole process and um i think he understands some anxiety struggles as well mm-hmm. for me during like, this pandemic it's been absolutely crazy yeah <laughs> and again we all people. like we all realize who you know kind of goes through it as we find more find out more about ourselves yeah and for those of you listening um dr garcia is the director of the school of music here at UNL. Um, and so that's somebody who like is able to open their doors for anybody and I think he's always great and just able to just, you know, he's able to like um, just meet with you anytime yeah. and he's very open and always make sure that every student has an opportunity to just go in. Yes. So that's a really great thing that yeah. you're able to open up to, mm-hmm. to him. And this can, again, I think bringing up that, like being aware about if one student is going through it, I think... Um, they're able to kind of talk about it as a faculty to kind of address it to, you know, everybody else. Yeah. And that's a, I, I think that's why the faculty here at the School of Music is it's just successful with um, bonding with students mm-hmm. because they kind of understand they're able to relate with students and they're able to just he- get feedback from every student. So right. yeah, so I think it's a great thing. Yeah. And was he the is. Is he the one that kind of like helped you and or encouraged you to go to therapy, or was that more like a, I need to do this, I need to go? Um, you know, I think it was more. I think my family a little, a little bit because most of my family has struggled with some anxiety or depression mm-hmm. over the years, so it's not. It wasn't a surprise that mm-hmm. I was struggling with it too, because it can be somewhat genetic. Um, but I think it was actually my boyfriend. Okay. Um, he was, it was so interesting. I had always, with a lot of my relationships and friendships in the past, I'd always been the person that people come to mm-hmm. and the person to give advice and to help try to fix things a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started dating my boyfriend now, um, he 
actually told me I need to work on myself. He's like, <laughs> you should go yeah. get help. <laughs> like, yeah. you should go do this. And he was the one that like tried to fix me, mm-hmm. which was something that I hadn't really experienced before. And I'm super thankful that he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just made me think of like, those are the people that I want in my life. Like yeah. people that will encourage me to go work on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I've never had that in my life before. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great thing. And again, one of the things with emotional wellness is that you're able to create better friendships, create better um, relationships, and right. just just be a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, just when you like have everything going, you know, right, and being able to kind of find things about yourself that will help you just keep going. Right. And so that's one of the again, that's a great thing that he was able to kind of help you in that aspect, mm-hmm. and that now you're. Do you think you're a different person than you were last year to now or two years ago from now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm way more, I think I'm way more self-aware of what's happening um, because I think in my my sophomore year, I felt really burned out by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I know that's, I think that's when COVID started was um, the end of my sophomore year, but and with sophomore, like the end of sophomore year, it's your continuation, mm-hmm. your sophomore continuations, which which is a huge thing for musicians. Yes. Um, and it's just a whole lot of stress. It was online. And it was online too. <laughs> but, and I think, it, yeah, and it, it was what, March, so then April or May when you would have done your continuation? Or do you, does a piano studio do it a bit uh, earlier? Uh, no, it would have been right when final juries were. Gotcha. So the end of the semester. Yeah. Um, and so apart from the whole change of like, we're going virtual to just like, yeah, like having everything ready for in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when my, I think that semester and maybe a semester before is when my anxiety had really picked up mm-hmm. and it was affecting um, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think some friendships, definitely relationships, just because, um, I didn't know what was happening. I mm-hmm. felt like I was a little bit, I was drowning a little bit in mm-hmm. all this work and I wasn't able to really figure out what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think it was over the summer, in junior year, I realized like, oh, I think it's maybe anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that looks a little like depression, but I think it for me is more anxiety based. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where it all kind of started in, in this process and growth mm-hmm. for my health. Mm-hmm. So I do think that I'm definitely a different person or I'm becoming a stronger person. That's great. Yeah, that's great. You're finding yourself growth. Yeah. And just being able to kind of just keep growing. Mm-hmm. That's one of the beautiful things. Um, but that's, no, that's really, that's really great that you're able to kind of just go through that. And now you're being, um, I wouldn't say, that, well, I can't say a better person, but like if you feel like you're being becoming better and growing, then that's that's amazing. Yeah, I think understanding yourself is one of the best things you can do for those around you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's so important. And is there is there something that you would tell freshman year Marissa, like if you were able to talk to her and you know just put your, like give any tips, what would you say? Um. Learning to say no is okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been somewhat of a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's really hard to um, 
saving sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's maybe a school thing, um, or sometimes people are asking you to hang out mm -hmm. and you really need the time for yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think lately I've been learning to like actually take time for yourself, which mm -hmm. sometimes includes saying no to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> which is hard to do. And I've struggled with that where people wanna like friends wanna hang out and they wanna socialize. Right. And it, it sounds like so much fun at that moment, mm -hmm. but then realizing afterwards, like, oh, I, I missed an assignment or I should have, you know, given myself more time to finish this homework rather than crunching it at like an hour before midnight when it's due. <laughs> um, so, yeah, learning to say no, I think is a great thing. Yeah. And it's something that I've struggled with so much. Yeah. Just having to say no and be think, like, it's an okay thing to say no. Right. Um, so like it's really not the end of the world yeah. and people aren't going to really be mad at you for saying that. Yeah. Um, and it's like creating that time for yourself as well. Because mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, I think as an introvert, um, I need time alone to recharge mm -hmm. and to feel like prepared for, for the next week ahead. So if my weekends are packed and my weeks are packed, that means I don't get time for myself. Mm -hmm. And then then the next week doesn't go as well. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm stressed out because I hadn't had that time to decompress. And now, um, do you find yourself, do you schedule like your, your weeks? Do you go by weeks or by days like when you schedule stuff or months? I wish I was better at planning. <laughs> <laughs> um, it kind of swirls around in my head sometimes, mm -hmm. my whole schedule, um, which is not great. I should really write it down. But um, I think it's more like by weeks, mm -hmm. although sometimes I know I have big events coming within the month. And mentally, do you give yourself like time to like, oh, this day I'm gonna maybe just relax at home, or I'm just gonna go for a walk. Do you mentally prepare, like, or do you mentally plan those, or do you just whenever like you just say, oh, I'm just gonna go on a walk right now? Um, I think it's a little more spontaneous but um i do have days that i know that i can do stuff like that and i know i there's days that i know that i can't <laughs> um so right now my wednesdays are probably the the day i have the most time to do something like that um but like my mondays when i'm there from 9 30 until like 6 30 at night i don't really get a lot of time to <laughs> um breathe and take time for myself. So oh. I guess it's just knowing which days I have that availability mm -hmm. and just making an effort to actually take some time. Yeah, and that's a, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sometimes do that where it'll be more spontaneous than right. anything where I'll just say, I'm gonna go do this. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna go for a run or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, do you keep yourself physically active at all? Or do you just, just go with the flow. <laughs> Walk upstairs every day. Yeah. Oh, and, um, yeah. And the piano studio is what the third floor, so third I can floor. go all the way up there. And at least you choose the stairs rather than yep. taking the stairs. So. But I also, when I do actually have time, I like to do yoga. Yoga. Okay. I really like yoga. Um, and are, do you implement that more now, or was that is that kind of like a whenever I have time? That one's more of a whenever I have time. I do try to meditate pretty regularly. <laughs> Or journal. Okay. Journaling helps me a lot. Um, but yoga is when I find time and my room's clean enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have space to do it in my room. That is a, that is something that I notice with anxiety. When my anxiety is higher, higher <laughs> then my uh, room is messier. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I struggle with that as yeah. well. I struggle with that. Sometimes my, um, my parents will kind of need something from my room and they'll just go by and they're like, what's this nice? Like what? <laughs> There's just stuff thrown on the floor and sometimes like I get home and I was like, why? Why is that there? Why, like, why is a shirt just thrown over here? Like, I would never do that. Uh-huh. But then realizing, I'm like, well, I've had a stressful week, and I've just been very anxious that I don't realize right. what I like do in my room. So I just lay everything out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like right now, my room is a mess. Same. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mess. I will not lie to anybody. It's it's a mess. Like I think on top of my my bed is probably my gym bag. Um, like a shaker bottle, just <laughs> random things. And I don't, yeah, I don't realize it until like, I have to go to bed. Right. And I'm like, why, why is this whole thing up, like on here? So yeah, yeah, that's one of the things, but it's it's great that you try to, to, to do some yoga. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever tried to, to do yoga. I love going to classes, which is a bit hard because of COVID. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not really as available mm-hmm. to go to actual classes, um, but because they just create this environment of like serenity and then you're just able to actually focus on you for an hour mm-hmm. and breathe and you don't have to think about your schedule because you've made this time a priority mm-hmm. um i think it's really beautiful yeah. when you're able to do that and i think yeah and i think with with myself um i don't do yoga but i i think coaching mm-hmm. is very helpful for me and having that person kind of just like there and motivating me, I personally have found that like whenever I work out, that's one of the best things for me. It's just having a coach just tell me like these things. And even if I'm just like sweating and super tired, <laughs> um, having that person there is just like very motivational right. and it's helped me a lot. So yeah, I, I guess in the sense of yoga, it's having your instructor kind of just giving you that serenity feeling and just feeling relaxed about yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you, Marissa, for coming along to this podcast. And I am so happy that you are here and you've given all your, your wisdom and stuff. <laughs> Scratch out the stuff. But but yeah, thank you for being here on this podcast. And thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.